Welcome to Mind Love, episode 280. Today's episode is all about crafting your personal brand mindset to increase your self-worth and net worth. You can't be about everything. You can't t- you're not supposed to talk and share every little nuanced aspect of your life in order to be different or in order to be authentic. Branding, like I said at the beginning, is an exercise in clarity. All the great brands in the world stand out and shine and acquire customers because they know their lane and they say the same thing and they show up in the same vibe and they have the same story. They have very consistent but very uniquely different feelings and messages and storylines and and campaigns. And people need to show up with that level of clarity too. But we're dealing with people who are complex. And so we've got to really boil down what are those core areas of our message points. And I recommend four. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. If this is your first time giving your mind a little love, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Mind love is a habit, and the more you give your mind that love and intention, the better you'll feel about yourself and your life. Plus, it's really a win-win because more subscribers means Mind Love attracts even more amazing guests to bring you their wisdom. So don't forget to subscribe. Do you have a personal brand? I think I always kind of have, way before even starting a business. I also think it's evolved over the years as I've brought more intention to it. A lot of people have a sort of aversion to personal branding, like they're being too showy or they're putting themselves on display. They think of their old high school friend coming out of the woodwork to suddenly start promoting their life-changing MLM that helped them buy their house even though they just joined nine days ago. And I get it. No one likes that salesy person because it's usually pretty hard to figure out if they're genuinely trying to help you or covertly trying to help themselves. But that's where I think people get personal branding wrong. It's not about figuring out how to deceive people to get the outcome that you want, or even just how to sell to them. It's actually more about figuring out exactly who you are so you can step into your power. Whether you're running a business, a department, or even a family. It's about asking yourself, what are my unique combination of skills, experiences, and qualities that make me stand out from everyone else? Your personal brand is the way you present yourself to the world. And that clarity can really help you have a successful career and attract opportunities. But it can also really help you feel confident in any role in life. I've had a philosophy for like 25 years that people tend to take things the way you present them. And yes, that has been my philosophy for 25 years. I have been saying it since I was 12. And yes, I quote myself because I choose to believe that I have valuable things to say worth repeating. Anyways, what does it even mean that people take things the way you present them? I've found that if I'm confident in a decision, even a questionable one, most people will also feel confident about it. However, if I give away that I'm doubting it, all of their skepticism comes up too. I think the same thing applies to how we present ourselves. If we feel confident in who we are, people tend to have less to say about it. But if we're always trying to please or trying to be likable or even trying to be confident, people sense the trying over the being of it all. I remember my mom telling me in middle school that people are attracted to confidence. And she was right but she skipped a big part of what it takes to get there. You have to know what you're confident in. So if you want to be a confident person, first you have to know who you are and then be that confidently. Can you imagine starting a new sales job of a product that you know nothing about and your boss saying, just sell it with confidence. And you're like, wait, I know none of the specs. What does it even do? And I'm not even sure how to pronounce the name of it. Well, that's how most of us are presenting ourselves. We've spent a lifetime buying into everybody else's ideas of success or cool or beautiful or pretty. And because it all came from outside of ourselves, we can't stand well in any of it. And then we go out and try to be confident. It doesn't work. 
Well, that's what personal branding is all about. It helps you to position yourself as valuable because it starts with getting really clear about what your unique value is. And once you really know what that value is, that confidence comes naturally. So how do we figure out our unique value? Well, that's what we're talking about today. And after five years of podcasting, I'm doing the work with you guys. It's my mission for 2023 to get really clear on my personal brand and the Mind Love brand. So we'll be workshopping together. Our guest is Jessica Zweig. She's an award-winning entrepreneur, personal branding expert, and the founder and CEO of Simply Be Agency. And she's the author of Be, a no-bullshit guide to increasing your self-worth and your net worth by simply being yourself. I actually bought this book about a year ago, and so it's really exciting to be doing this interview now. She works with people to help them grow on and offline by leveraging the most powerful marketing tool on the planet, authenticity. So three key things we will learn are how to pinpoint your unique value proposition, how to gain inspiration from what people are already doing without falling into comparison or copying, and how to use the personal brand hologram to present yourself in the most powerful way possible. And if this is your first time giving your mind a little love, I have a few goodies for you. First, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And second, sign up for the Morning Mind Love. Think of it like a weekday oracle from your highest self to help you start each day with a positive focus. Plus, you'll get two gifts absolutely free, a 30-minute binaural meditation and 30 days of journaling prompts to help you remember who you truly are. So join over 9,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up or text the word MORNING to 33777. And now let's welcome Jessica Zwig to the show. Thank you for having me, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here. So what inspired your book around this idea of a new way to look at personal branding? Well, I, I think a lot of people think that personal branding is a dirty word <laughs> uh, and that it is associated with ego and vanity and image. And I had built my personal branding agency, Simply Be, really ar around the, the premise of of the opposite. And that was working. I was really um, scaling my business. I have been scaling my business really quickly ever since I started it six years ago. I created a, a formula on how to brand a person, which is an, is an interesting endeavor in and of itself because branding is an exercise in clarity and yet people are complex. That was step one. Step two is how do you create authentic depth online in a very short amount of time and really provide a uh, the ability for people to pierce through a lot of saturated noise. And so anyway, I created a system. I created a trademark methodology that I, you know, is now proprietary and it was working for all of my clients. And I said to myself, I don't think this should only belong to people within my agency that, you know, can afford to hire an agency, but everyone should know how to tell their story online and get seen and known by the right audiences using their authentic truth. And so I wrote a book about it and I basically gave away the keys to the kingdom of how to effectively, I mean, I literally wrote the book on authentic personal branding and I really did a lot of competitive research when I was writing my book and marketing books and business books. A lot of them at least are very basic and give you a one dimensional look at the, the, how they, how to make the sausage. And I was like, this is not how I want my book to be. I want it to be really generous and transparent and really like a masterclass. And so that's really what inspired me to write this book and why I think, you know, it was time for somebody to come out and say personal branding is so much more than what you really think it is. Yeah, I have a history of marketing. I used to work with startups. And so I was really well versed in a lot of the I want to almost call it masculine angles of marketing where you know the the click funnels tutorials of of like these big red arrows and just fill in this space to and then we'll with words that resonate with your audience and then we'll just write it for you and I'm like I would do those things and I'm like yeah I could see why this would sell but I don't feel comfortable selling myself this way because it's not me so that combined with what I do now which is really help people find themselves and and that personal growth aspect. And one of my biggest understandings as I've gone through my own journey of personal growth is that it's not about creating yourself as much as it is about 
realizing who you always are and figuring out how to express that. And so what I love about your book, which I actually got last year, or maybe it was earlier this year, is that it's such a good combination of those two, because that is the authentic way to sell for me, where I want to find out who I am and what my strengths are and put that out into the world in a way that connects with what people need versus one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank you for saying that. I I mean, I, I say that my book and, and my method really in my agency is really a personal empowerment book. It's we're a personal empowerment company. We, uh, we offer personal empowerment services disguised as personal branding services disguised as a personal branding book, because when you, and I say this in my book, I mean, the very first chapter of my book is called, you know, embrace your shit, <laughs> which is, a metaphor for our shadows, our darkness, our failures, our insecurities, which by the way, everyone has. It doesn't matter if you're the CEO. It doesn't matter if you've sold an eight-figure company. It doesn't matter if you're an intern. It, everyone in every, everyone in between, we all have humanity. And when we're willing to really bring that to the table in conjunction with the sparkly branding marketing message copy tactics and the gorgeous logo and all of that stuff has merit obviously in the online space but there's you can tell when something's not really holding depth and someone's not fully showing up unapologetically who they really are embodied in who they really are and i often say that your business and this is my one of my biggest philosophies you will only grow to the extent of which you grow as a person or how willing you are to grow and the work that you do on yourself. Being your brand, people think that it's all about the outside perception. Being your brand is an inside job because your brand is essentially your value, your worth, how you articulate it. That's that's what your brand ultimately is, in my opinion. And so when we really can connect with that we are worthy, that what we have to say matters, that what we have to give to the world has value, we package that from that place of embodiment. That's when you become magnetic. That's when you become authentic. And I just, I think that's the hardest part. And frankly, my favorite part in working with my clients and helping them tap into that essence and then bringing it to life. So it's an inside job, first and foremost, like you were saying. Yeah. And I, I feel like influencer culture has probably turned a lot of people off from the idea of sure. personal brands. But when I look at it in through the lens that we're discussing now, I can see why some people feel odd about putting out this new idea on social media. I'm look I'm thinking back to me when I, I first had ideas of starting a company online and I didn't necessarily feel comfortable putting out certain types of content because I wasn't living it yet. <laughs> so of course I felt weird pushing it out to my friends who I'd just been maybe doing coke off a toilet with the night before, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, here now, follow me in my yoga journey. You know, it took a while for me to get, to get really embody what I wanted to teach. And, and then now that I'm doing that, then it makes perfect sense when I'm putting out things online. My friends and family know me as that person as well. So it feels aligned. It doesn't feel like I'm all of a sudden hawking something that I shouldn't <laughs> even be holding, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so for me, this is uh, such a great step in identifying, even for those who don't have a business yet, in finding out, you know, how they want to express themselves in the world. And I find that once you start to uncover those things, once you start to live those things and become those things and see those things in yourself, that's when the ideas start flowing. That's when you, you start seeing yourself as somebody who can teach it to somebody else. So whether or not you even plan to get there, the steps to getting there are such important inner work, I think. And so I'm curious, going back to early on in your journey, how did you get clarity on what your personal brand was and, and how to eventually package this up. Do you love story-driven podcasts? I do, and there's a brand new one that I think you're going to love. It's called You Probably Think the Story's About You. The story just grabs you from the start. It all starts with Brittany, who thinks she's found her soulmate, only to find out things aren't as they seem. So she goes on a mission to find out the truth. And as she digs deeper, she realizes the guy's a master of deception. 
But here's the thing. As Brittany unravels his lies, she ends up on this journey of self-discovery. She starts to see how her own complicated past with addiction, sisterhood, and deep family bonds all have shaped her. And that's when it hits you. This story isn't really about him at all. It's about Brittany finding herself and learning who she really is. Trust me, you'll be hooked from episode one, wondering where Brittany's path will lead her next. It's a story that'll make you look at your own life and relationships in a whole new way. Seriously, grab your headphones and start from episode one of You Probably Think This Story's About You. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you'll come out feeling heard and stronger. Listen and follow You Probably Think This Story's About You wherever you listen to podcasts. You know I'm all about aligning in every aspect of life, right? Well, that philosophy extends to hiring, too. When it comes to finding the perfect fit for your business, sometimes the best approach is to stop the endless searching and start focusing on alignment. And that's where Indeed comes in. Indeed is like the matchmaker of the hiring world. With millions of job seekers visiting their platform every month, their powerful matching engine is designed to connect you with candidates who truly align with your needs and values. But here's the thing. Indeed isn't just about finding any old match. They're committed to delivering quality. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed provides the highest caliber of candidates compared to other job sites. And that's the kind of alignment I'm talking about. As a busy mom juggling episodes, clients, retreat planning, family life, I just don't have time to waste on a drawn out hiring process. And that's why I love Indeed, because it streamlines everything from scheduling interviews to screening applicants and messaging potential hires all in one central hub. And the more you use Indeed, the smarter it gets. It learns from your preferences. With over 3.5 million businesses worldwide trusting Indeed to align them with top-notch talent, it's pretty clear that this platform is the real deal. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support my show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, I feel like we could we could trade a lot of stories because um, for the first chapter of my career, I was a party girl. I was running um, a magazine in the city of Chicago. I would never call myself this, but people equated me to like the Carrie Bradshaw of Chicago. Like I, I ran an online female magazine covering the city, restaurants, nightlife, relationships, fitness, beauty. Like it was this really popular online lifestyle guide to Chicago for women. And I was the founder. And I ran this business for seven years and it was my first business ever. I was, you know, 26 when I started it. I was 33 when I walked away from it and we were very popular, you know, we were sparkly and we were, everyone thought we were so successful and cool and we were invited to every party and I was hosting parties and I got emails daily from young girls that wanted to come work for me. And I was riding high on my own supply of being this like it girl in Chicago and on the inside, we were broke. I couldn't afford to pay my phone bill. I was drinking six nights a week. I was getting super sick from con- chronic sinusitis because my body was so inflamed. I ended up contracting an autoimmune trigger from it. I had a toxic relationship with my business partner. I was chasing narcissistic men who were like abusive. And I just didn't have any sense of self or security or in and confidence, like true confidence. It was all, I hated my body. I tortured it with like all sorts of eating disorders. Like I was like a fucking hot mess. And yet everyone thought I was like killing it. And it took a real true life breakdown for me, like a true on full on nervous breakdown, emotional, physical, nervous, spiritual, financial breakdown, where I couldn't get out of bed for a month to really see my own side of the mess that I had created to motivate me to change my life. And what ended up happening was I walked away from that business. I divorced my business partner, was very messy. I ended up leaving the business, cutting a lot of people out of my life, taking care of my half of the debt, like asking my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband to bail me out, my parents to bail me. I had to reckon with like a rock bottom. And as I started to come through the other side of that, which by the way, took me about two years I started to talk about it. I started to tell the truth of my life. And 
I started my own little one woman baby upstart called Simply Be Agency because I knew I was never going to go work for the man, but I, you know, didn't want to take the magazine any far. Like I was ready to go off and do my own little thing. And when I started to really show up in truth and service to realize like, oh, I think this game called life is about helping other people. I think like not just serving myself. Like when I really got, when that came online, that's when things really started to shift for me. And I started to attract and align and manifest, you know, it's an overused word, but it's what happened. More, more opportunity, more right opportunity, more abundance, more of the right relationships, more of the right clients, more of the right team members, more of the right press, press hits and media features and getting asked to be a part of communities that were in alignment with that authentic vibration. And so, you know, it's a long-winded answer to your question, but I, I, I think in order to get on any sort of soapbox, which in some way we all are, and teach a thing, to be the teacher of a thing called, say, authenticity, we have to be the students. We have to understand what it's like to be on the shadow side of the thing that we're teaching so that we are integrated. And I couldn't dedicate my life and my message to, to authenticity if I didn't have a real dark, deep journey with inauthenticity. And, and so that's really where Simply Be, my business came from, was this idea of what would it look like if I really was fully myself? I didn't hide anything. I didn't bring any shame to the table and really showed up with that message of learning and and take the wisdom that I have had the you know experience of gleaning for myself and use it to help other people. Like that's when the whole game changed for me. And so that's really at our core what we help our clients attune to and give them the confidence and the strength and the cheerleading and the team to like do it too. And that's really when I started growing my business to seven figures and got the book deal and the platform expanded. Like we think all of that stuff comes first or that's the goal. And I'm like, I don't care about any of that stuff today. I just, I want to be myself. I want to live in alignment. And I would love to hopefully dedicate my life to helping other people do that too, like plain and simple. What used to hold me back was that I would see people sharing inspiring stories and it would even be something that really resonated with me, things that I struggled with as well, whether I was still struggling with them or had in the past. And what I saw was that the people were fully on the other side. And I thought to myself, well, I have to get fully on the other side in order to start showing up as that person. But what I love about your story is that you were having a breakdown and then you started this little agency. And I'm sure a lot of the growth happened after that agency. You know, your story is different now than it was right then. And I will say, I, I think I held myself back a little longer than this version of me would have. But now looking back, I was still in so much of my shit when I started Mind Love, you know, and people were already saying, thank you for sharing your story. How did you get to where you are? Now, I look back to that person five years ago now, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, how far I've grown since then. Like, you know, and so so I think it's just a lesson for people when they think I still have so much work to do before anyone would want to listen to me, that mm -hmm. you only have to be one step ahead and you already are no matter where you are. Just the awareness that you need to do some work or that you have a struggle that you've maybe taken one step through <laughs> is further than a lot of people are. And you have plenty of people that you can show up for and teach. Yes. I love this. And I just want to say that I don't think that there is a person, quote unquote, on the other side. Like if you look at all the famous people, the people you admire, the thought leaders, the spiritual voices, the famous authors, the seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs you want to aspire to be like, everyone's in the middle of some shit. No one has got it all figured out. And in fact, some of the people that have the most polished looking front have the most disasters in the back. I learned that firsthand. And I just think that really staying in your own lane and and knowing that whatever you're going through, like we've all heard that phrase, your message, your mess is your message. And if we can really tap out of the victim mentality, like these things are happening to me, like 
I work with an amazing coach and every time I'm struggling with something, she's like, and this is more material for you to teach the world. Like you're going through this initiation so that you can show up with more to give. And I think there's a fine line that I often toy with because I get asked a lot about like, well, people say they're authentic and that just means getting online and sharing all their drama or like being overly cathartic or too transparent. Like what's the line? And I'm often reminded of this uh, moment in my career. I was going through a really horrible breakup with an ex-boyfriend and I was getting on the internet and being super passive aggressive, like, <laughs> like, like just leaving, you know, stuff on Facebook and Instagram, like showing him how happy I was or like make, like posting really cryptic quotes, you know, <laughs> like everyone knew we were going through a breakup. Right. And like so, a song from a green or a line from a green day song or something. All, all of the above. <laughs> exactly. And I remember a really good, a good friend of mine pulled me aside and she was like, Jessica, no girl. That is not a good look. You have professional people who follow you, have people you don't even know who follow you. And she said to me, very, very, I'll never forget this. She said, the internet is not a place to process. The internet is is a place to add value. So go process with your therapist. Go process with your best friend. But don't process to thousands of people who barely know you. It's not the place to do it. Come back to the internet once you've gotten over this guy and you've learned your lessons and you have something very clear to share with your audience of what you can offer them. It's cleaner that way. And I just never forgot that. So like back to our point of like, like no one's made it on the, everyone's in the middle of something. And I guarantee that the people who are going through like really hard things right now at this moment, if they at least have any sensibility of their platforms and the internet too, they're not talking about it. <laughs> They're going to maybe talk about it in a year or two years or six months. But that's and so how do you toe the line of really being authentic and and truly, you know, oversharing as I often get asked. And you can be very vulnerable. You can very, be very transparent. You can share some of your darkest moments in your life. But my recommendation is just to not do it while you're in them, to do it when you've gotten through the other side, when you actually have something a value for others to learn from your experience too. And it's definitely something that I I try to, well, I've learned over the years because man, my Facebook memories really show me, show me a side of myself that I'm like, oh my God, how do I just make everything before like 2015 private forever? <laughs> I, I will share sometimes, I have a more vulnerable platform, but I, I will sometimes share like, you know, I'm going through some stuff. This is what I'm doing. I'm taking time to myself, but I'm not getting into the depths of, of how deeply I'm hurting, how right. many hours I spent today crying. Right. <laughs> you know, and so giving people those types of tools. And the thing that I've realized is that I don't have clarity on even what's most affected me. And so for me sharing in the moment, it's not helpful to either side because it's usually when I'm out of it where I'm like, oh, that's I thought it was painful because of this. It was actually this deeper layer. And it's usually those deeper layers that help me uncover or come back to the parts of my life that I feel like have led me to the most purpose, if that makes sense. And so we all kind of know the the shit we're going through. And you talk about how the biggest secret to personal branding is really understanding that nobody cares about you. And so it's it's connecting what you've gone through, what you've learned with what people need. But how do we pinpoint our unique value proposition in that, what we really bring to that versus, you know, everyone that has recovered from an eating disorder or everyone that has had trouble finding their purpose, whatever it is. How do we really find the thing that's unique to us that we can express online? So I love this. So by virtue of the fact that there is only one you, 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 no one has the same DNA that you were born with on this planet. You are literally one in 8 billion. That, that predicates a message that you have to really study and own based upon your own life experience. So I went through an eating disorder. Maybe you went through an eating disorder. Some, some girls listening, women listening probably did too. Every single one of us had a different journey to get there based on our parenting, based on our schooling, based on our friend group, based on the messages we received from our grandparents, the media, like every single one of us is going to have 
a different reason and therefore a learning and a lesson and teaching because we have unique DNA, completely different life paths. And that is a journey in and of itself to really be with. And that's what I encourage all of my clients to do. And what my book teaches you to do is really look at your stories and really clarify what are the areas of your life and your business and your message that you want to lead with. Like, I don't talk about the fact that I had an eating disorder because I, I'm not a, you know, a health coach that doesn't really align to what my platform is trying to say to the world, but I am very spiritual. Right. And I used to be completely out of alignment spiritually and lost and dark and depressed. And then I found spirit. And that's a huge part of my message in conjunction with say my female entrepreneurship, my leadership, my, my passion for personal branding. You can't be about everything. You can't, you're not supposed to talk and share every little nuanced aspect of your life in order to be different or in order to be authentic. Branding, like I said at the beginning, is an exercise in clarity. All the great brands in the world stand out and shine and acquire customers because they know their lane and they say the same thing and they show up in the same vibe and they have the same story to the core market. Like Hyatt Hotels is different than the Four Seasons. Hyundai is different than BMW. If you study their brands, they have very consistent but very uniquely different feelings and messages and storylines and and campaigns. And people need to show up with that level of clarity too. But we're dealing with people who are complex. And so we've got to really boil down what are those core areas of our message points. And I recommend four four of them. That's sort of the foundation of one of the first tools in my methodology, which is called the personal brand hologram, which allows the reader to really think about if I were to only choose four things to stand upon in my platform, what would those things be and why? And ideally, they're the things that you know the most about, that your soul has the most depth around, that light you up the most. And typically, those are our tragic tragedies and our and our triumphs right combined and that's what really makes us i think compelling at the end of the day and if you really truly look at your story and own it no one will ever be you that's a beautiful thing and i believe that there's enough to go around and that's an abundance mentality it's the abundance codes to believe that there's enough money in all the banks there's enough cl- clients for all of our businesses for all of us to prosper because abundance is our birthright. And so instead of thinking about com- comparisonitis, being like, well, I want to get online, for example, and talk about how women can heal themselves from eating disorders, but there are already so many women doing that. So who am I? And I, there's not there's not enough space for me. That's a, that's a fallacy because nobody is you and nobody's going to have those nuances that make up your life's work. And so really spending time with those nuances to let those nuances inform your message and therefore your brand is again, why I said this is an inside job and what's so beautiful about it. And when you really click and it comes to life online, you become, or in offline in your life, you become that that magnet. And that's really the uh, inner work that I speak to and owning it and feeling that confidence and connection and that worthiness ultimately to being seen. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I need to get something off my chest. Sometimes I wake up feeling like I hate everything. Like this dark cloud is over my day and I look to the past and the future and everything feels tainted like this is how it's always been. Those types of days used to last months and now they're pretty few and far between and they rarely last more than a few hours, but it can still make me feel like a fraud. I'm sharing this because I know that we all carry around these things that make us feel different or less than. But if we keep them bottled up, the shame spirals and creates more problems than that initial thought. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's difficult finding friends or family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. Therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know. It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of you. BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online, so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot MindLove.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Yeah, it took me a long time to see that all of the beliefs that I was holding that felt so real, that felt like they were valid, that were holding me back were just these limiting beliefs. And yeah, I could convince myself that all those are real today. And I have multiple parts of my journey. You know, when I when I had a baby, I didn't expect that I would actually have to break through a bunch of limiting beliefs again. Because all of a sudden I'm like this mom covered in spit up and I, and like a few months before I was living in LA and I was going to an office and and dressing like a boss. And now I'm like, I don't know if I've changed my pants in four days and I'm covered in spit up. And I'm like, who is this? Like, and so I had to ask myself, like, is this a sign? Is this a shift that this should be my focus? And I had to go back and do the work from the beginning to figure out, no, I still have this legacy that I want to uphold. I still have this innate desire to help people and teach people. And so when I allowed myself to actually really lean back into that. I could feel my energy coming back. I could feel myself showing up as a mom even better. And so I know that the limiting beliefs can feel very real, whether it's that, oh, I'm not good enough for this, or maybe this isn't meant for me, whatever stage you're in. And I also know now they'll probably come up again. <laughs> you know, this is lifelong work that I just kind of have to keep wading through to keep myself aligned. So it's not even just about finding what it is, but it's like checking back in with myself and, and asking, all right, is, are these pillars still resonating? How do I feel about the direction my business is going? Do I still feel excited about it? What needs to change? And it's like, I'm constantly, it's like the missile analogy where it's just constantly honing itself <laughs> to find the right path rather than just kind of being on the straight and narrow the whole time. I mean, th there's an exercise in my book. I think it's in chapter four, where I introduced the fear versus love manifesto. And self-limiting belief is rooted in fear, right? Fear and love are the two great polarities that we have on this planet. And lots of things manifest and show up. Fear has many faces, right? And love has many faces. Fear shows up as insecurity, jealousy, competitiveness, scarcity, ego, you know, aloneness, all of these manifestations are, are fear. And I could go on. And love shows up in many manifestations such as abundance, community, empathy, connection, service, generosity, authenticity. And so what I, I have the reader do in my book, and it's a really powerful exercise, is really, and it's challenging too, because it it requires a lot of self-awareness and a bit of, you know, humility to really own your fears, like to write down, write them down, like AKA your self-limiting beliefs. Like I feel like I am, for example, making this up as a mother become meaningless in the world because my, my work was taken away from me, for example, or I'm not, I'm not producing anymore. I'm, I've got spit up all over me. I feel like if I show up as a leader in front of my team and cry, they're going to think I'm a, a weak leader and lose respect for me. Okay. Uh, another self-limiting belief is I don't have enough space in my life to be a fully ambitious woman and have a deeply fulfilling romantic life. Like that, that's a self-limiting belief. The exercise in the book challenges the reader to really take the principles of love and rewrite them and to really push yourself to, to, to get outside of your, get out of your own way, you know? So rewriting the, the first one through love, I will become an even more empathetic, powerful woman in business because I've become a mother. And this is just a season in my life that's teaching me so much more to give. And I realize that my greatest production isn't my job, but my family. Second one, I, I realize if I show up and cry in front of my team, they're going to have so much more respect for me because they see me as a human and they're going to actually work harder because they love, they, they see me as that real person. You know, 
I know that the right man is going to fall in love with how ambitious I am and is going to give me the space and freedom to continue to fly while also being a great partner. And even if you don't fully believe it, write it down and like be with it and make it your mantra. And I put this in the beginning of the book on purpose so that we can really align to our highest, most aspirational selves because your brand, just like any brand, should feel a little aspirational. And so we want to really anchor in to that inner work before we can craft a message around it that we step forward to embody. Does that make sense? It does. And I will say that there have been aspects of my life where I've gotten that kind of clarity and I've I've had those affirmational sentences and they do feel fake at first, but through the repetition, they become my expectations. So not only do I, for example, with men, stop even entertaining the idea of bringing in a man that's less than this new expectation for myself, yeah. but there have even been times where my current situation has transformed because of the way that I'm showing up in it. I mean, I've been married almost eight years now, eight years, and I am blessed to have a really amazing relationship and a really supportive partner. But I mean, we're married, we have our issues, and I'll just kind of call these things in and I'll show up differently and then he'll show up differently, you know, because we are feeding off each other the whole time. And that's just a relationship example, but that's how the universe works. You're feeding off your environment, your environment's feeding off you. You walk into a room and you have a down energy and you feel worthless. Why do you expect other people and everything around you to change the way that you feel versus trying to sh stand into this different type of energy? And I'm not saying it's always this simple, but just to have this intention of ha carrying this different energy and you do it over and over again and you get a little bit more used to it and then all of a sudden the world starts to meet that energy and it starts to view that energy and you meet people that look up to you in the way that you're holding yourself and so for me i feel like it's this constant creation of of figuring out how i want to be and then acting on that and then seeing it again, manifested in my life in ways that I'm like, ah, I thought I had no control over this. And, and I don't really, but I do have control over how I am being. And, and that changes more than I used to let myself see. You know, you, you're speaking my language, you know, you, I'm, I'm super woo. I don't, I mean, you me kind of picked up on that. <laughs> okay. So we can maybe go there, but you know, you speak of the fact that this like whole reality is kind of a game. And you mentioned the word intention and you talk about energy and you talk about manifestation. And the only thing in this life that we actually have control over are our own thoughts and like our thoughts create our reality. And you've heard that expression, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And we get really caught up in the day-to-day -day micro stresses of the matrix. I'm super guilty of it. Frankly, I've had a really hard year. I've really had a truly hard year. I've reached burnout. I reached depression. Like this year kicked my ass after my book launch and just really had to like get through it. And I was super out of alignment for a lot of this year. And I just recently came back from Egypt and I went to, um, you know, on this beautiful 15 day spiritual pilgrimage and got a lot of codes. You know, I got a lot of the light codes from the ancient, you know, wisdom of that mystical direct portal into the galactic. And the truth is, you know, you don't change who you are when you go on an experience like that. You remember who you are when you go to an experience like that. And the, the this is me and my really super woo philosophies, but I guess we're here and we're talking about it. You know, this human life is meant to be really joyful and to be really fun and to be really blissful. And we come to this planet and we gain amnesia based on the patriarchy and the way the system is set right now and that we're in a toxic masculine sort of vibration, the divine feminine is rising. Hello, you and me are here running platforms and changing the world one person at a time. But we forget that our birthright is to live free and that it's, it's actually easy. And we get to sort of manipulate the game if we really become conscious and start to direct our thoughts with intention, our thoughts inform our emotions, which impacts our energy. And we get to choose the thought. Like we get to start the whole ripple effect, the domino effect from our brains into how we feel. And that shows up in our vibration and how we interact with people. And life starts to work for us when we remember it's actually not that hard and we're in total control. And yes, there's divine destiny and 
you know, serendipity and all of the magical things that include being on planet Earth. We're sitting on the flower of life grid right now and everything is interdependent. But we are so in control of our own destinies just based on how we choose our days. And that is what I remembered in Egypt. And that is what I'm bringing forth into my business, into my community, into my message more than ever before. That it's it's meant to be fun. It's actually meant to be fun. It doesn't have to be so hard. It's all been programming from our parents' generation, our ancestors, the media, like the, just the lie, the fear that we feed off of every day, but the virtue of the fact that we have our iPhones plugged to our hands, like it's all just an illusion and we get to break it with the power of our thoughts. And that's really what I'm here to truly teach. And my book B and my agency Simply B is is one way I'm doing it right now. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful. It's working, um, helping a lot of people sort of give people what they really uh, sell people what they want, but give them what they need. That's kind of the the theme here. And I just feel really uh, tapped in right now to kind of the secrets of the universe. <laughs> and uh, it really is simple. It, it, our birthright, especially as women, because we incarnated here as women and we're of the goddess and we're of the divine feminine frequency is to bring people back into their hearts and to operate from that that vibration of love. It's supposed to feel good. And our magic as women especially is birthing. And that doesn't always mean babies. Yes. It's the creation process. And what I've found is when I find myself in those spirals of feeling like I've lost alignment and feeling lost and sinking into depression, often I also correlate that to spending more time consuming than I am creating. And it's such an easy trap to fall into. You're sitting there scrolling, especially if you've are in the breastfeeding stage, which I'm about to go into, so I'm already making plans for this, but I'm just scrolling and then I'm wondering, oh, why? Why am I suddenly comparing myself to everybody else? Why am I suddenly feeling like I'm less than? Why am I suddenly feeling like I can't produce? And it, it's like, because I'm showing myself that I'm not, you know, and, I, and all I'm doing is spending time in other people's lives versus being really present in mine. And what I love about, you mentioned it earlier, uh, the personal brand hologram framework is it's really about getting clarity on those four aspects of yourself that you want to lean into. And this is something that I feel like I could have done better when I launched Mind Love, which is ironic because I worked in marketing. I knew I was always telling people, you know, niche down, but for some reason it's so much harder to do on yourself. I find that there's three types of people, the people who know what they want to do from the get-go. That's my husband. They're rare, I think. Then there's the people who can't find anything. They're like, well, I don't know what I would teach. And it's probably right there. Everybody else can probably see it, but you can't. And then there's people like me who I had too many interests. And so narrowing it down to which one I was going to focus on, it's like I didn't want to let go of any of the strings. <laughs> and so somehow I was fortunate enough to launch Mind Love because I did have a background in marketing and I used all my tactics for growth, even though I launched it pretty broad, it did take off. And so I spent a while before I launched any courses or anything like that, kind of in that broad space. And so now that I'm getting super clear about my life and my business and what I'm doing next, I'm going back to your book and I'm going through these exercises, you know, I'm like, what are those four things? Because my social media is all over the place. My my podcast still does really well, but I could do better in some of the other areas of my business. And so how do you recommend people get that clarity on those four main areas mm -hmm. so that they aren't so spread thin and all over the place? I love this. So a great starting point is to ask yourself, if I could only talk about four things, actually, let's start with six to eight, because that's hard for people. Six to, six to eight topics to the day I die. Like if someone were to say to you, Jessica, Melissa, from this mo moment forward to the end of your life, you can only talk about six to eight topics. It's like someone came and waved a genie wand and that was like your, you know, your journey. What would they be? Write them down. Obviously it's going to be, like I said, things that you love the most, that you know the most about, that light you up the most, that you could talk about endlessly. And per perhaps it's your craft. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's about your passion for travel. Maybe it's your stories of raising your family. Maybe it's your endless recipes and how much you love food and cooking. Like just don't limit yourself. Well, limit yourself to six to eight. And then you want to look at that list 
because here's why the question is the question because to build a brand and to you know tell your story to build a platform you have to market yourself through content and you need to be able to come up with topics and and go deep take your audience deeper and so looking at those 6 to 8 ask yourself what about these six to eight actually apply to my business objectives? And by the way, your brand can change because we're always going to be us, but we might not be running this particular business or in this particular job working for this particular company forever. So you can revisit your brand as, as often as you want, but I'd like to recommend you you stay the course for like at least 12 months because branding is also an art and consistency. And that's how people begin to know you and associate you with the thing you want to be hired and paid to do. So back to that six to eight, you want to look at that list and say, okay, what do I want the market to really know about me? What do I want to lead with? What do I want someone to immediately think of when they hear my name? Oh, she's the woman that teaches spirituality mixed with branding. Oh, she's the woman that it's all about health, fitness, and weight loss for new moms. She's the one that's all about, you know, creating a, a cutting edge technology software system with a, a female flavor. I'm making all this up. But you get to kind of choose the, the shape, the narrative based upon those four pillars. And that becomes the foundation to what we call your personal brand hologram, which is this framework, this matrix, this tool that really serves as the blueprints to the house you build called your platform. And you can't be about everything. You can't talk about 25 things or you'll become a hot mess on the internet like I was, but you can't just talk about one or two things because you'll become noted, one noted and boring. And so we have found that four, for whatever reason, is a sweet spot for clarity equals depth. And so that's how I would start that process and really work with people. Like you can call Simply B, you can hire, call your best friend, but like get a, get a second opinion on like how you get perceived so that you really feel very clear and confident in the message you're presenting to the world professionally. Because it is for your business, but you want to be you at the same time. And so maybe that traveling and cooking aspect of your message belongs in how you show up because it's endearing and relatable and it might connect more to your audience. So it's all on the table, but really challenge yourself to get specific and clear and align it to your business objectives at the end of the day. I was working through some of your exercises and I was drilling some of mine down and what I've spoken, I, I've spoken at conferences about podcasting and podcast growth. I've also spoken to universities about really overcoming struggles, I guess it is. <laughs> so that's where I always kind of teeter. I'm like, is this mindfulness? Is this the power of the mind or is it overcoming struggles? It's kind of all of them. And then spirituality. So it's like podcasting, marketing, spirituality, and maybe mindfulness. And so I'm figuring out the way that I can put those together because the way you lay out your hologram is it's not just I go and do a marketing post. It's not just that I go and post about podcasting or about spirituality. It's like what adding those together, seeing where they overlap, like how am I using my spiritual growth in growing my podcast or in overcoming struggles? How am I overcoming struggles while I'm growing my podcast? How am I marketing my podcast while I'm launching it and also bringing in the spirituality aspect to it? And so I'm thankful because I'm about to launch one of my podcast growth courses that's been in the works for a while. And it inspired me to add a whole new module because I'm like, why do I have all these things about finding your purpose in a different course? Whereas that's so relatable to figuring out what you want to podcast about and, and overcoming the limiting beliefs because that's what ends up getting in people's way when they're trying to grow their podcast. They don't really believe that they can. And so seeing the way that once you lay this out and actually apply that your hologram to it, you if you're anything like me, you get ideas all of a sudden, these these content ideas just flowing. And so once that starts happening, I know you bring in this idea of a brand supernova, where you bring in signature themes for consistency. How do you then apply that once we've gone through that first step? Well, you're making me nerd out right now because you're like totally following my formula and it's so, so good. You <laughs> totally get it. And everything you just said, I'm like, chef's kiss, A plus. You really like you really cracked the code. So essentially the hologram is four different pillars, right? Four different boxes that speak to topics. And you could double click on 
spirituality and only talk about spirituality for so long. But if you combine spirituality and podcasting, like you just did, you, you have more endless ideas to create content around because your content, your platform needs to be from a content perspective, kind of like an endless well, you know, if you, if you want to like play the game, you look at the people who have killed it and are doing really, they've been at this game for years, decades, right? And so how do you really come up with new content to speak to that's quote unquote on brand and still takes people deeper and doesn't get boring and one noted and same samey. And so the supernova, it actually just looks like a Venn diagram where we take the four pillars, we turn them into circles, we oversack, we over, overlap them and combine them. And at the center of the three circles is sort of, you'll choose the pillar that speaks most to your voice and to your essence and is the theme that weaves its way through your whole entire brand experience. And that's typically not something you would sell or be an expert in or make money at. Like for you, you you, you, I, you might be teaching mindfulness practices, but just in conversation with you, you're incredibly mindful. You're incredibly present. You take a beat, you breathe, you, you don't talk that fast. You're just like really present and you can tell you're a mindful person. And so mindfulness might be the, the pillar that sits in the middle that weaves its way through the tone, the essence, the voice of your entire brand, not necessarily even your content, but maybe your visual branding, your photography, your colors, like that's always really fun to play with too. But when you, the supernova was named the supernova because a supernova is a, an explosion of like stardust, like when a star erupts and it creates like this endless mass, an ejection of like stardust. That's what the supernova is intended to represent of when you combine your core passions with each other, you come up with these endless ideas and ways to talk about it. And then that becomes your podcast topics, your course concept, your video series, your email subject lines, your blog topics, your next mastermind events. Like it all comes from the supernova, which are topic and theme. It's a topic and theme driven tool but that's all founded on the clarity that you gain in your hologram. So definitely love those two tools. That's like the art of the brand messaging that to me is the most fun part of branding. I know I figured I'm like, I already have this woman's book. Again, I'm in that space of alignment lately where I'm kind of, I, I have my spiritual practice every day. It's what I, what I place first. The first thing I do in the morning is meditate and, and as it would happen when this when I'm in this place, I feel like the right people come onto the podcast. So when I, when I booked you, I'm like, oh, this is going to be the time that I suss all this out because this is the stage I'm at with my business. And I know that my listeners hearing real world examples is going to make the information a lot more grounded for them as well. And so one of the other things that I love that you teach about is gaining inspiration from what people are already doing. But how do we do that in a way where we don't get caught into that comparison trap or accidentally just copying people? I think I love this question. I have a whole chapter on my book about it. Um, it's called It's All Been Said Before, which is true. There's really no original ideas out in the world today, very rarely. But no one has said it like you have because you're you. And instead of looking at the competitive landscape, and I don't even like the word competitor, because it denotes a negative connotation of scarcity, but really looking at your competitors as a, a field, a goldmine of inspiration and really seeing and studying like a detective would, what are they doing that is really working and really shining? What, is, what are they doing that's not working as well? What are they doing that I love? What are they doing that I could pass on? Where can I zig when they zag? This is called finding the white space. And I have you go through a quantitative analysis, which means like really looking at the metrics of their platform. So someone you admire might be like killing it on video, like they're they're TikToking, they're Instagramming, but they've really got nothing going on on YouTube. Like that's that's an opportunity for you as a competitor to that person, et cetera, to really put yourself in and do it dynamically and take up space there. That's just a micro example of a quantitative data point. From a qualitative standpoint, you can say, okay, I I'm going after female entrepreneurs really like she is, but her messaging is really spiritual and light and feminine and 
sort of her color palettes like pink and peaches and golds. And that's, that is psychosomatic. That is like, we process visual information 60,000 times faster than written text. So like your branding and your look and feel absolutely plays a part in your platform. So you're like, okay, I am feminine too, but I'm a little bit more rocker girl. And I I actually want to go into like blacks and silvers and grays and blues. Like, and I want to have a little bit more bite to my tone and I want to be more in your face, but like really empowered and feminine versus soft and, you know, like uh, empathetic or whatever, and really paying attention to the qualitative, quantitative aspects of someone's platform. When you get really, really clear on what they're doing versus who you are, you, you can't copy them because they're not you and you're not them. And obviously you want to use your brain and get creative around strategic tactics. You know, you don't want the exact same playbook, but you can pull formulas and inspiration. And, you know, frankly, if you're following the right people and they're teaching, like, for example, some of my best, most successful launches and courses have been following Amy Porterfield's webinar strategy. And she teaches it for free on her podcast. If you go deep on her podcast and I've signed up for some of her, like, you know, low, low tier marketing masterclasses. I've learned from her. I've been a student of her. I've taken her playbook but I've made it me and I've made it mine and I've made it my content, my message, my service. So the tactics might be from her, but I'm nothing like Amy Porterfield. <laughs> I'm teaching very different things than her. And by the way, we're friends and I love her. She's brilliant. But I'm hoping that this makes sense. When we start to really look at the competitive landscape as data and inspiration for us to zig when everyone zags and to fully show up in our own unique style I honestly think that's really when our platforms become better when we study the landscape. And that's why I have a whole chapter dedicated to it in my book. When I was launching Mind Love, I created what I called my circle of influence. And it's what I've helped some other people create as well, where I would follow people that were exactly where I wanted to be, like kind of like what you talk about, Orion's roadmap. But I we won't even have time to get into that, so I highly recommend people get the book, but exactly where I wanted to be, and then people that were a few steps ahead in the journey, and then I'd find people that looked like they were just starting. And that way I was constantly seeing people working towards their dreams at all different levels, constantly seeing what I didn't want to do, what I did want to do. And it reminds me of the book Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon, where he talks about you sort of take, you first start by copying, you know? you That's how you, you start to get the techniques well enough. And once you start really getting into that, you create, whether it's the webinar, the brand, the website, and you start feeling a little bit more confident there, then you naturally start to express yourself more because you're not just like, oh my God, I don't know how to hold a paintbrush. You know, you're like, right, okay, right. now I can paint this. Okay, now I'm going to do it again. Now I'm going to do it again. Now I'm going to do it again. And before you know it, you are shining through. And so I think that we have so much to work with, with what we talked about so far, such a good starting place that people can take and run with. But like I said, there's things that we didn't even get to cover, like the pinnacle content framework or or Ryan's roadmap. And so for listeners that just can't wait to dive in, start creating this for themselves and go further than what we've covered in this episode, where's the best place for them to connect? Well, you can head on over to simplybeagency.com, which is my company website, learn all about what we do. You can go to jessicazweig.com, which is my personal brand website. You can learn all about me. You can find me on Instagram. I spend a lot of time on Instagram too. I scroll. I don't have any excuses. I'm not breastfeeding or pregnant. Like I just <laughs> on it all the time, but I, I'm very active in my DMs. So come say hello. Um, I also too have a podcast called the Simply Be Podcast. You can check that out. And depending on when this airs, I um, am dropping the paperback copy to my book B, which is amazing to be able to have and accompanying workbook, uh, about 100 new fresh pages of frameworks and blank worksheets and new exercises called the B workbook, which it will be available um, on Amazon. And yeah, I'm hosting a challenge. I don't know when this is going to come out, but um, February 1st, 2nd and 3rd, a three-day expand your brand challenge. I'm everywhere. Come find me. Come say hi. Come check me out. And thank you for having me on your show. All the links for this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 280. Your challenge for this week is super fun. 
it's to start brainstorming some of these pillars for yourself, whether you have a business or not. So you heard me workshopping with Jessica, but I've actually been sitting with it a little bit longer, which I recommend you do because you might come up with some and then three days later you have a new idea and I'm not saying that you should continuously change them forevermore, but there is something to be said about what you learn or sitting with it and seeing how it feels and just gaining more clarity over time. So you will notice with the podcast and also upcoming more blog episodes and all sorts of different content around mind love. My four pillars for the mind love brand are mindfulness, mindset, mind body soul, which captures the spirituality and the mind body connection and mind science, which is all the brain science and brain hacks and brain optimization that I love. So I know I mentioned marketing in there because I am launching a podcast growth course. It might be launched by now that you're listening to this, but that's more of a personal brand versus the mind love brand. So I might be playing around with that, seeing how that works with my Instagram, hopefully sending a message over to Jessica, getting her input. But this has been a really fun exercise because I tend to be all over the place with my interests. And I like that about myself. But when I start to drill it down to what impact do I want to make, it really helps me know what is worth spending my time on. And so when I'm scrolling Instagram and see an ad for some crafting course, (laughs) which has always pulled my attention, and then I end up buying a thousand crafting items and I realize I don't ever actually want to sit down and do crafts. (laughs) I'm like holding on to this old version of myself. Just this clarity has been helpful in knowing what to kind of swipe past and what to realize is in alignment, even if it's kind of a side alignment. So hopefully that makes sense. And let me know what you come up with. Like I said, I'm in the midst of this too, so I would love to brainstorm with you guys. So reach out to me on Instagram and let me know what pillars you have in mind and let's talk it out. That's Mind Love Melissa. In case you missed it, Mind Love also has a brand new membership that I am so excited about. I've put my heart, soul, sweat, and tears into this. So there's a new way to engage with the content that you're learning on Mind Love. Instead of just listening with one episode, you can actually engage with the content, go through some master classes, print some worksheets, apply it to your life in brand new ways. And if you are looking to make 2023 your year of transformation, Mind Love membership has the tools for you. And considering the value that you get, it is incredibly affordable. So I highly recommend you check it out at mindlove.com membership. And you'll also get the premium feed, which means ad-free listening and exclusive content. So check that out at mindlove.com membership. And that's all for today. So thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week.